Welcome to episode 26 of the Encouragers United podcast. I'm Charlie Grimes, and I'm honored that you would choose to listen to my voice. As host and creator of the Encouragers United, my intent is to encourage the encouragers, as well as equip the rest of you with a window into why we think and act the way we do. Today, I want to unpack for you what I believe is the encouragers' superpower, and perhaps their ultimate weakness as well. It has to do with how we see the world. You see, encouragers have this innate skill to reframe their thinking, their perspective, and then direct that passion into maintaining persistence and positivity wherever they go. However, the weakness in constantly reframing a situation is that the person may seem distant from any feelings. You see, the very superpower that equips us to be great at one thing can be actually what holds us back from fulfilling our highest potential. So grab a cup of tea or just focus on the road if you're driving. It's time to make the world a better place, for we are the Encouragers United. Have you ever heard the phrase, this situation is not nearly as bad as you think it is right now? Have you ever had someone tell you that in the middle of a crisis? Was it helpful? It probably depended upon the situation and who was trying to counsel you with that wisdom, right? Here's a quick story from my past. This first was introduced to me when I was a high school senior. And back in our small small hometown, um, I played football. And I was the starting quarterback uh, for the football team my senior year and we uh, went all the way through the first four or five games and then we had our homecoming game and in these small towns as you can imagine the homecoming game is the most important game of the year and we played against a, a, a you know a rival and we lost miserably uh, and for those of you that are football fans I threw two interceptions uh, you know, we were losing at halftime and I actually even just got pulled from the game. And that was kind of the last time I played quarterback for the team, actually. Um, and, and so after the game that night, I was uh, in the locker room or in the gym, I can't remember. And I was seated in the front row of a bleacher or a bench. And uh, I'll admit, I was, I was crying. I was very sad. I was distraught. And uh, one of the assistant coaches was a teacher at the school, and uh, I'll just call him Coach Schmidt. Uh, some of you who are familiar with my past, you may know this man, and he's a wonderful guy uh, who was a big impact in my life. But Coach Schmidt actually walked out of the locker room, I guess maybe I was in the gym, and he stopped and he goes, well, Charlie, what, what's going on? And, and it was kind of dark, but I think he could see that I was visibly upset, maybe tears streaming down my my face and he said uh, he said you know what I'm gonna tell you something there's about a billion people in China who don't even know that this game happened tonight and they don't really care and the sooner you realize that this isn't nearly as bad as you think it is the better off you're gonna be in your whole life okay whoa Leave it to the high school science teacher and uh, assistant football coach to jolt a young man back into reality and to, uh, to reframe a situation 
Uh, and that's really what I want to talk to you about today is reframing. Uh, I've been a long believer and, and uh, you know, and I have experienced it in my life that uh, what we think is, is the start of a very powerful chain or a cycle of events in our, in our life. Envision this with me. What we think affects what we see and what we see affects how we feel and how we feel affects what we do. And then what we do usually has a result that can inform or change back to our thinking, right? It's a cycle. And so encouragers like me are often very high energy and they're action oriented people. I definitely identify that way. I want to get stuff done and I want to see progress, right? I want to just point me to the mountaintop and I will go after that goal. Um, we love to learn. We are often fascinated by new people, new places, new things, and we always are up for and love and adventure. Um, but negative situations and disappointments or hurt feelings or conflicts, setbacks, um, these things are really difficult for us. They bog us down, right? I want to start by stating that I'm not a trained counselor. Uh, and although I'm a pastor, I have 50 years of life experience behind me. I've been married to a wonderful woman for 27 years. We've raised three awesome daughters who are young adults and uh, they're out on their own now. I want to speak to you about the encouragers mindset and their perspective. Uh, but I'll mention that both a mature and an immature encourager will see things differently. And I've been both of those things. Um, I have not arrived. And nor am I trying to be an expert here, but I'm, I'm just a fellow traveler on the journey with you. And I believe I'm an encourager. And I've spent some considerable time thinking and considering this role in my life and the, and the gift that I believe I have from God. That's my only qualifier here uh, to speak to these matters. An encourager's tendency will be to shy away from negativity or even to laugh at it or to make light of it. I, I've... Uh, I've experienced that. Um, confrontational situations. Um, you know, I, I often want to throw out a joke when it, when it starts to get a little tense, right? Um, we shy away from negativity. We shy away from sadness. And one of our tools in our toolbox is to immediately reshape or reframe what we see, what we think about a certain situation that might be negative. And so that's what I want to talk to you about. Um, confrontational situations, that, that often just drives me crazy. Like that, that's the fastest way to get, you know, get, to, get to me is confrontational. People who want to overanalyze and pick apart every little detail. Uh, and then often those people who actually are not afraid of their feelings and they, they actually, they kind of seem like they like to be sad. Those folks are just really tough for me. Um, I just often want to have fun. I want to be nice. I just want us all to get along. And um, oftentimes reframing is that uh, tool that's in my toolbox. It's an actual term used in psychology and often in counseling situations. Um, and I've employed this tactic and strategy nearly all my life, even before that I knew that it was a thing. It's actually what exactly what Coach Schmidt did for me back in high school when he said, hey, wake up. This thing's way bigger than you or me or any of us. It really is not nearly as bad as you think it is. Um, reframing is about 
looking at a situation, a thought or a feeling from another angle. It requires thinking a little bit differently or with a more broad perspective. Getting back away from those nitty gritty details can often be very helpful. Uh, but it's this distance from those details that both can be an asset as well as a hurdle. It's most commonly employed when we try to be thankful, right? So there's this, uh, you know, this move that we, we may have heard of to, to, the, to have the attitude of gratitude. It's a form of reframing our situation, right? We want to try to find things to be thankful for. And that often affects us uh, to see life from a much larger perspective. It's been a strategy for us to be content and to have peace with the situation because there's so many other things we can be thankful for that moves our focus away from that negative thing or that, that, uh, that hurtful thing. So it makes me think back to my childhood and maybe yours as well. My mom or my dad used to, you know, tell me if, well, if you look around, you'll, you're always going to find someone who has it worse than you. That maybe is a quick way of just throwing that out. But as a kid, you know, it didn't take me too long to say, well, so, you know, <laughs> actually doesn't change my, change my situation, does it? You know, another one, uh, just, you know, eat your dinner. There's plenty of kids all over the world that are going hungry tonight and they would just love to eat that dinner. Um, and then if you were like me, you were saying under your breath that, you know, you'd like them to just pack it up and send it to them then because you didn't want to eat it. But in, anyway, the essential idea behind reframing is that a person's point of view depends upon the frame that it's viewed in or the lens that it's seen through. Uh, and when that frame or lens is changed, that the way you see your circumstances can be uh, changed as well. And this changes our thinking, our seeing, our feeling, are doing. An encourager has this as a superpower. That's what I'd like to say. Uh, reframing for us comes very easy. This is the person that actually would suggest that the glass is actually 100% full, right? It's not half full or half empty. It's actually all full because it's half full of water and the rest is full with air. So yeah, that's a funny, challenging way that we joke about being uh, a reframer. The positive-minded encourager, you know, uses this superpower in helping a person to reshape the way that they view a situation. And this can be an invaluable skill in our leadership, being a person of influence in almost all of the situations of life. I found that, you know, for me to reframe something affects the way others see it as well. An encourager can come alongside somebody. They can see their circumstances. They can help process some of the details pretty quickly and then often help them to reframe that situation and talk them through to see those solutions and to see the situation better. And that's why coaches and teachers and pastors and mentors and parents and grandparents are all uh, using this reframing strategy to help people get a perspective check, sometimes to wake us back up and to break us out of our faulty thinking. Here's a couple of examples. Uh, these are hypothetical. You know, let's say a high school student is upset that she didn't make the basketball team. She got cut. And she's obviously going to be very disappointed and frankly humiliated and embarrassed that this has happened to her. And although that she might not be wanting to talk about it right away, when she is ready to talk about it, we might just ask her what, if any, positive things might come out of you know, not making the team. And that young person, after some thought and consideration, meaning changing their thinking, working on their thinking, she might be able to say, well, I guess I'll have more free time. Uh, I could work a part-time job, make some money, and perhaps I'll have time to practice. And if I get better at my skills, I can make the team next year. 
uh, or she can discover that she's really a good musician or she likes to bake or cook and she can spend her time getting better at those things instead of playing basketball. See, an encourager has a sixth sense to, to challenge the current way that a person thinks. And that can be an outstanding help to someone when they're in hard times or when they're in a crisis. Hopefully we do this with grace and with kindness and with love and with patience because that's the good side of this gift of reframing. But there's also a negative application of this tool in our toolbox. And I admit, I certainly have learned and have been, I've, I've been at fault with using this gift in a negative way. See, the immature encourager will often just blurt out a solution that seems dismissive of a, of a way that a person is feeling. I'll say that again. An immature encourager will sometimes blurt out solutions or reframing that would seem very dismissive to the way a person is feeling. Taking up the space in that conversation with some unfounded, sometimes unwanted statement, trying to reframe the situation into something more positive, um, that's not helpful. It's kind of like that guy you know, at the funeral or in the calling hours line who simply can't help himself. And he says something ridiculous like, like, oh, well, I'm sorry your mom died, but you know, I'm sure she's in, she's in a better place now and, and she's not suffering anymore. That, that's just not helpful, is it? You know, like the mourners and the person listening to that are, are, are somehow going to just instantly perk up and say, oh my gosh, thanks so much. I, I, that helps a lot. I, I never thought of it that way. I'm, I'm so glad you pointed that out. No, that's ridiculous. And to say those kind of things, to try to reframe someone's feelings or their thinking too soon is a grave mistake in your relationship. You know, another silly example that, that's kind of humorous, but it, it reminds me of a character in an old movie that I'm going to date myself here. But in 1975, a classic comedy movie called Monty Python and the Holy Grail came out. And if you're old enough to remember that scene where King Arthur approaches the Black Knight and they want to cross a bridge and the Black Knight is, is stopping them from crossing. A sword fight ensues and King Arthur is actually besting the knight. I won't go into the gory details because it is a bit graphic. But what happens is the Black Knight simply keeps reframing his injuries. And he says in that classic British accent, tis merely a flesh wound, you know, and, and whack, here comes another sword cut. Ah, that's merely a scratch. And uh, I'm sorry if you don't know that reference, but that's a ridiculous application of reframing. You see, an out of touch perspective will not only be irrelevant to the situation, it can come across downright silly and even dangerous. Uh, I've experienced my own unhealthy reframing, uh, even to the point of basically being in denial of reality. Uh, and that can be dangerous. Oh, something like, oh, this chest pain. Well, it must not be anything serious. Oh, that wound isn't healing, uh, but it'll be okay. Uh, you know, maybe my fever will go, go away by the morning. No, 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 no. You must pay attention even to your own pain. And that is a vital part of your maturity and your growth as a person. And so to misapply this gift of reframing is mentioned in the Bible, actually. In Proverbs 25:20 says, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and is like vinegar on soda. I'll read that to you one more time. Proverbs 25:20 says, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and is like vinegar on soda. You see, it just doesn't feel right. 
and, and it actually makes things worse. I love that image of a person who's trying to sing a song to a heavy heart. Come on, it'll be okay. We'll be all right. It's fine. It'll be good. You know, it's like ripping off someone's coat on a cold day. Or like if you've ever dumped vinegar into baking soda, it makes an explosion. You see, a more mature encourager who understands that feelings are a vital part of life, that even the negative feelings of being sad or mourning the loss of a loved one, or even mourning that you got cut from the basketball team, they need to be given space. And that's a very difficult thing to do for a loving encourager. It, it is very, it's extremely difficult. Our love for this person and everything in us wants to fix it. We can develop and we have to develop the patience to sit in that sadness for the right time. And one way that I've made progress in this is to be very intentional with myself, to be aware of my own pain and to not run from it. And, and then also obviously to, to be very intentional about letting someone that, that I'm close with to feel their pain without trying to reframe it or fix it just yet. You know, my wife, Wendy, and I, as I said, we've been married 27 years here this month. And we have had this conversation or a conversation like this probably way too many times. She's facing a disappointing circumstance, maybe um, something at work that frustrated her or maybe even a dinner recipe that didn't turn out like she wanted it to. And she expresses that to me. But I'm all too quick to offer up a dozen solutions Oh, it'll be fine. It's okay. We'll just add some salt or, hmm, actually, oh, I, I do like this. Oh, you want to go out for dinner? You know, and then she simply sighs and she says, you know, I don't want you to fix this. Aren't I allowed to just be sad for a minute? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess so. But you know, I don't want you to be sad about this or about anything in life ever. I, I love you, you know, but then again, a lesson for me is that it, it really isn't all about me. It isn't all about you, encourager. It's really about them and your love for them. It isn't about what you think. At that moment, it's about what they think. And so I've learned to say, oh man, yeah, that sucks that dinner didn't turn out the way you wanted it. I love you. That's all. Giving that feeling, whatever it is, the time to vent and the time to develop and process is a tremendous help in the process that is being made in that person's life. In our haste to fix it, we, we may try to make this huge leap over or around those negative feelings. And those very same feelings are a vital part of the process for both you and the person that you're dealing with. I'll go back to another um, example from my coaching past. I worked for many years in athletics and college athletics, and I remember a particular interaction with a young student athlete who actually came to the end of her career, her senior year. It was a career that was a wonderful career, and she was very successful in a lot of ways, but she didn't attain the goals that she had set for herself, which in, in our sport, in the sport that I was coaching, track and field, that is very, very common, as you can imagine. You set this lofty goal of a distance or a, a time, and it's objective, and you either make it or you don't. And so she came to the end of her career, and she didn't attain the goals that she had set for herself. And, you know, being in relationship with someone who is at that point is really, really hard, especially as a, as a coach, as a, as a mentor, as a friend. I was supposed to have all the answers, and I didn't really have much 
to offer her at that point other than I'm sorry and in essence, I, I care for you. I, I love you. Your value is not tied to this particular objective goal. And so I think I shared it last week in the, in the tea for, you know, the tea, Tuesday tea video. I, I just wanted to say, it's okay. You're good. It, it was not bad. It was all right. It, it, you're going to be fine. It, it, you know, and she just said, stop, stop. It was terrible. It was not good. It was not good at all. And I needed to learn at that moment that it, it was okay that it was not okay. Does that make sense? I hope that I hope that helps you today. Reframing can be a wonderful and and great technique, a skill that we use to make sure that we're being reasonable and logical in the way that we approach our problems, our anxieties or a setback or a loss. And here's my recommendation for you to think about when it comes to reframing your thinking about a, a negative situation. First and foremost, I would encourage you to journal and to write down the situation. Write down the problem. Writing out the facts and the actual circumstances can help you begin to conceptualize exactly what you're facing, exactly what your situation is. Secondly, maybe write down your thoughts and your processing, you know, evaluating where you believe your conclusions are going. That's a huge step. Sometimes we make decisions about people or situations and we really have very little evidence to support that they're you know, that they're thinking that way or that we're going to actually end up at that rotate. We sometimes go to the worst case scenario, right? Write down how you're thinking. Thirdly, write down what you're feeling because there are, there are some differences there. Come to grips with how you're feeling. You know, I've struggled with this as, as a person in my life. I, I'm so skilled at scuff, stuffing down the negative feelings that there were times in my life when I didn't even know what I was feeling, nor could I explain what I was feeling. So to write those feelings down and um, if you're a Christian person, even to just pray and write those prayers out to the Lord because the Holy Spirit is inside you and he can give those prayers words. He, he, the scripture says he gives words to those groanings and those feelings that we can't even describe. And then finally, take all of this and create another three or four alternative thoughts and outcomes to actually back yourself up and to look at this big the situation from a much higher view. There are plenty of ways that a situation can go, not just the worst one, but open your mind. And I hope that this will help you when you're facing anxiety or a setback or a disappointment. Well, I'll end with this. If you feel like you're a gifted encourager, I hope that you are a better and better improving master of your particular gift of reframing. You may not know it, but you know exactly how to reframe a situation so quickly. And that's a great skill to have. I hope that you're self-aware enough to use your superpower now to bring a fresh and exciting, positive perspective to someone that you know without singing your song to a heavy heart and making things worse. It's an art form. Stay humble. Keep loving these people the best that you can. Now, if you have an encourager in your life, maybe you're married to one or you have a child that's one, try to appreciate their energy, their passion, the effort that this person has to understand that they try to mean well, we always mean well, and that we sometimes want things to be better so badly that we're willing to be a fool for a chance to fix your problem. Be patient when we don't get it right. And don't be afraid to tell us that you're just gonna be sad and hopefully that encourager will be able to join you and give you what you really need, which is probably a listening ear or just companionship. Thanks for listening today. Go make it a great day and stay close to Jesus.
Thanks for listening. I need a favor from you. I would love for you to subscribe to this show and also leave a comment and a rating for the podcast on the platform that you're listening to it. Share this with someone. Spread the word. Let everyone know that there is a high-energy, positive podcast that high-energy, positive people need. And you can also email me questions, comments, show ideas, even some suggestions to make this show better. Please let me know. I appreciate and read every single comment and email. You can also connect with optimistic, enthusiastic leaders from all over the world by joining the Encouragers United group on Facebook, read my blog, and view some of my worship music resources on my website, charlesrgrimes.com. And next week, I'm excited to sit down with the communications director at Lighthouse Ministries here in Canton, Ohio. Lighthouse has been a wonderful part of the Canton community and the Grimes family for many years, changing the lives of children, volunteers, and a whole neighborhood in Canton through their after-school programs, lots of creative and educational services. You won't want to miss this inspiring conversation.